Welcome back to the Christians in Sport podcast. I hope you're well. Now, it seems to have snuck up on us, but the Rugby World Cup is now with us, and it will be for the next seven weeks as the best teams in the world battle it out in France. So we thought we'd dive back into our archives and listen to a chat we had in one of our earliest ever podcast episodes with Welsh international Garen Jenkins. Garen is one of Wales' most capped players. He played at hooker. Graham Daniels, Dano, sat down with him a few years ago now for a brilliant conversation. So let's join him and listen to his chat with Garen. So here I am. I'm in a hotel room. It's 5.30 a.m. in the morning. And guess where we are? We're in rugby of all places. And I'll tell you why of all places. Because this month's podcast is with Garin Jenkins, Welsh hooker, 59 caps between 91 and 2000, played in six Six Nations, three Rugby World Cups, Captain Swansea, Major Honours. As you listen to today's podcast, listen out for a few things. He's interesting on poor discipline and the consequences of ill-discipline in his professional career. And yet at the same time, you'll hear him talk about the importance of grasping what's going on now and enjoying the moment as a professional athlete. You'll hear him talk about how his Christian faith has formed and shaped his learning as a professional athlete. And listen for the moment when he describes how he found out he was going to get his first Welsh cap. It's outrageous. Good, let's go. Garen Jenkins. The Christians in Sport podcast with Graham Daniels. When you were first chosen for Wales, 1991, your first test, Six Nations, you found out when you were digging a trench in Pontypridd Park. Yeah, that's right. Um, well, how does that happen? Well, I was working for the local council subcontracting and we were putting a water main in um, for an old age people centre in Pontypridd Park, in Henderson Arad Park. So it was a Friday, so I was in the trench. I wouldn't say I was doing much digging. It was a Friday afternoon, so I was conserving a bit of energy. So I'd, I'd previously been uh, a replacement a year before, so I, I really thought of my chance had come and gone. I'd, uh, I'd trained hard, a little bit lost really in life. I was, uh, you know, when I was first called to, to, to be on the bench. So I was quite elated really to get that news on a, on a, on a Friday really in, in pont Preed. So How did you get it? Well, no, I was just hearing it uh, on the radio, you know. You heard on the radio? Yeah, you heard it on the radio. It had rumours. It was always rumours. Yeah. But then to, to hear it officially on the radio was wonderful, you know. And um, What did you do? So oh, I was quite uh, chuffed, really. Went home and uh, just 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 finished up work on a Friday and and thought that was brilliant, you know. Just be, you know, like sort of lifetime or boyhood yeah. ambition. Or oh, Gary, but take, take us no, serious now. Yeah. Take us back now, because you say that you know, fifty nine tests later, isn't it? But you're you're twenty four, twenty five now. You know, you're not a kid yet. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know you thought your chance had passed you by. Yeah, well, I never came through. I didn't know. I'd been never came through the system. And now players come through the system, so it was it was a great feeling for me to think, wow. And that's that's all you dreamt of in the sort of oh, play for Wales. You know, get a tidy job because my jobs up until then had been sort of very sort of you know not really secure. And really, you know, if I, I, I brought it down, really, my passion really was only for playing rugby. And, 
you know, when that when that arrives, then you you really think that you've made it, don't you? So it was it was great when when I really thought that because in that period of being on the bench in 1990, I was playing hard, training hard, and socialising. You know, pr pretty tough as well. And in that period, I remember on one sort of, you know. I, I say it regrettably. I, I I got stopped for drinking and driving uh, on my way back from a, a training session with Pontypool. So in between being a replacement and getting my first selection for Wales, I lost my license. So I was a little bit lost, really, to be perfectly honest. It was rugby, really, uh, that you know that I kept working hard at because really that was my biggest passion. One of the things in your greatness, if you like, with 59 caps of Swansea leadership, beating Australia, scoring a try, beating the world champions as a club player for Swansea. But here's the thing. If you say Garen Jenkins to somebody of that era, there is something about the hard man, the disciplinary side, the bands yeah. as a young man. Tell me about the battle uh, of discipline that you are to fight with. Yeah, uh, right. you got in trouble, didn't you? Oh, you got in a lot of, of trouble. Well, I think a lot got, of trouble. You know, I think as uh, the great referee Clive Nolan keeps reminding me, you know, that I was the first man in British rugby to go in the sin bin three times. Uh, one of seven players, I think, in the history of Welsh rugby to be sent off. <laughs> it's quite funny, really, and um, sometimes well. Uh, the world keeps chucking about past and maybe rightly so. I remember a couple of years ago my daughter was young and it was during the World Cup and coming home and saying, oh, Dad, Dad, you know, because probably didn't remember me playing that much. You're in the rugby world, I sort of chest out. Uh, I thought, oh, must be, must have made it sort of thing. And uh, she said, yeah, you're in the rugby world, you're one of seven players to be sent off, <laughs> one of the sinful seven. So, was it know, sinful no, seven? No, something like that, you know, something sort of uh, uh, written up. But, you know, I always had passion and a lot of that, you know, on the field, off the field has, has been directed in the wrong way and it's ended up, uh, you pay the consequence for that. I think that uh, uh, ill-discipline sometimes did cost me, it cost me maybe a possible uh, Lions tour in 93, but you look back and you, you're so grateful for what rugby has done and, and like the bands, I think I had a 16-week band, a 10-week band, um, so I think that's the reason why I played till I was uh, 36, 37. I never injured, thankfully, but it was, there was plenty of rests along the way. But some people, coaches, say, oh, passion can only take you a certain part of the way, but I think it's the underwriting fact in all you do. You have to be passionate about it, or it's pretty pointless whatever sport you do and you're doing, you'll end up doing it for the wrong reason, and I think there'll be an emptiness about it if you do things passionless. But as I said, I sometimes um, did have a lot of misdirected passion and, uh, you know, you pay the consequence for that. And that's, you know, that's whether you're a, you're a Christian, whether, you know, whatever, you know, there's no, you, you know, right is right and wrong is wrong. And you've got to, you've got to, you know, laws are there to, to abide by. And uh, <laughs> in many ways, I didn't do that. Interesting to hear you like that, because I heard you say later at the end of your career that if you had been able to somehow manage that passion, you would have been a better player. Yeah, you've got, as a quarter without you, doubt, somewhere around. Without you know, doubt, Graham. Tell me about this balancing act. Being our 
hard in the right way and not being forced to be the man you don't want to be in the wrong places. How have you worked that out over the over the lifetime from teenager well, to end a career? How do you, well, what happened I, to change? I was, you know, I was into sport. Uh, grew up summertime tennis, playing over a scabby net with all broken glass on 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 the tennis court. Boxing, football, done all all the sports, and as I said, blessed with an incredible amount of energy and and passion. Love sport, still love sport. But, you know, lost my way uh, through my own, wanting to be something maybe too much. I was quite wild. I ended up in a a children's home for a period when I was young. I really put my parents through some tough couple of years. And, you know, a lot of people who've known me throughout my rugby career would say, well, you know, Edda, they may say. But people don't know the man when you put your head on the pillow. And I have always prayed, you know, for the best part of my life, generally when you're in desperation and I've done that from a young age and I can always remember praying as a young desperate teenager at the age of like 13 and transformation didn't happen immediately you know I didn't start walking around with a with a vicar's collar on or you know walking with a holy strut but I actually have always recognized God you've always always recognize God. You're praying as a teenage boy in adversity. And as you say, that transformation came over time. But so, so let me project you some years forward from being a teenager. You're at the peak of your rugby career. You're captain of Swansea. It's the biggest club match in Wales. You're playing Cardiff at the Cardiff Arms Park. Huge rivalry. Pumped up, passionate. And as you're running down the pitch, I remember this story very well. It was in the public arena at the time. You're running down the pitch and you look into the crowd and your father's having a heart attack. For oh. Would you mind telling us about it? I can remember that day, you know, I was a sort of praying before, I prayed before every game, whether the outside world knew or didn't. And I can remember going to the game that day. My wife stayed at home. It was Christmas. We were going to go out in the evening because um, we had two young children. So I took my mum and dad to, to the game. And uh, I can always remember reading the word for the day before going. I can always remember I read it in my daughter's bedroom. I did reading and feeling really, really so at peace going to the game. Obviously feeling so good about life and then bang. And that's what happens sometimes, you know. I think, you know, even, you know, as I said early on, because of universal law, nice people get hurt whether you're a Christian or or whether you're not. That's the great thing about faith, that we don't make things up. It's there. You jumped into the crowd, didn't you? I think it was a line. I think it was a play that taken up field. I think the, the Polish flanker, Kat Salah, had um, punched me in the face, uh, probably deserved it. Um, and I can always remember my mum crying. I could see my mum peering over the side of the arms park then. I thought, oh, what's going on? Because, you know, obviously I wasn't didn't have a very warm reception at the Cardiff Arms Park, being a, a Swansea rugby captain, and uh, as you did in most grounds in them days, you know, with the great tribalism that was in Welsh rugby, and it was it was great, you know, to be booed. But, um, you know, I, we didn't realise the severity of my friend Gwyn Jones, uh, who was captain of Wales at the time. But, you know, looking back in reflection, I remember running to that touchdown, see my mother crying, and then sort of, wow, that's my mother by there, and then... It, peering over and see my dad sort of 
you know, the great medical staff there in, in the crowd um, helping, uh, you know, to resuscitate my dad who had a heart attack watching the game. So, you know, your natural reaction, you know, is to jump over and uh, see what was going on and uh, concern for my father, really, who, who passed away then a couple of months later, who sort of never recovered his sight or you know part of his his brain really um you know so that was a that was a tough time that was a that was a total sort of experience of you know having having that frenzy of being in a in a cardiff swansea battle uh captain in swansea and obviously a lot to play for you know we talked in the early conversation rivalry against you know your adversary uh you know who was then the welsh captain uh so you're up against it you want to do your best there's a lot of passion there's a lot of anger there's everything that goes with sport and then all of a sudden being brought to you sort of knees seeing your father sort of stripped to the half being resuscitated on so it was very difficult for him to go from a sort of sporting frenzied sort of emotion to that i gotta ask you one more while you're on a roll tell me the moment of the greatest electricity in all your welsh career when you just went i'm playing for wales yeah the moment when you went oh my word right so many different ones really Graham, go with your know? gut one go oh, with your gut one just Go with your gut one. You know, there's so many. The first game at the at the Millennium, the law, there was only 30-odd thousand there. It was, you got to pinch yourself that day. We were in the first Welsh team to beat the Springboks at the first game at the Millennium Stadium. And there was Wembley because I loved football as a young boy. And to walk out at Wembley in 99, this great football stadium that you, your father had told you stories about. And I was born in 1966 when England won the World Cup. And my mother always tells me that your father jumped when uh, Jeff Hurst scored and was cheering. And I must have kicked in my mother's belly. And she said, um, uh, you know, I think he's going to be a footballer. And, and my father said, yeah, well, you know, just thinking of those memories, you know, and quite emotional when you're there at the time, sitting in the Wembley changing rooms, thinking, wow, you know, the lights of the great Bobby Moore, the great players that have changed in his changing room, and you think, oof, this is special. And and it's then in sport, we talk about passion and emotion, where you have to think, hang about you now, I've got to get real, you I'm I'm your representing my country there's no time for to start bawling or blabbing and to walk out i always you know loved fa cup day as a youngster and and when we won that game against england that was a great day in 99 not because it was wales england but because it held a lot of memories for me as a young boy watching fa cup finals always feeling the heart for the losing team going up to collect the runners-up medal. Thankfully that day, we didn't have an FA Cup, but we we won the game. And I did that little walk-up, you know, and it was great. So the boyhood feelings never go away, and I think that's important for any sportsman listening today. Always keep that passion, that enjoyment. Don't think the next big competition or the next big thing will really put you enjoy every game, enjoy everything that you do, and put 100% into it. Sometimes you're going to get it wrong, but when you get it right, there's a lovely feeling. I hope you're enjoying this chat with Garen and getting excited for the World Cup like I am. And if you're listening and involved in sports of any level, I wonder, have you signed up for a network? We have 
networks for students, amateurs and elite sports people, as well as parents of those in performance pathways. Uh, there are times when you gather together with people like you, where you open the Bible, you pray uh, with other sports people uh, and support one another. You can head just to christiansinsport.org.uk forward slash connect. That's christiansinsport.org.uk forward slash connect. You can find it on our homepage and find your network today. Let's head back and listen to Garen. Garen Jenkins, you know what? I really enjoyed that. And not just because he's Welsh, I'll tell you why I really enjoyed him. How fascinating. In that period in the early 90s when rugby was going from amateur to professional, there was that transition going on. Fancy having to take it easy on a Friday when you're working for the local council because you've got a first-class rugby match on Saturday and hearing on the radio or by rumour that you've been picked for your country. Class. Just class. People have had to play the highest level of sport in that way. And if you're a full-time pro now, just remember that. Just remember what that must have cost people and the commitment required. And be thankful for what you've got going for you now, I'm telling you. Secondly, any high-level athlete gets this. The balance between the pressure on you because of the passion to win and yet to find the appropriate level of aggression in the midst of the battle. And really now, it's not going to get more intense a balancing act than being a front row forward in international rugby. Oh my goodness, wasn't it fascinating listening to his balancing act between appropriate aggression and passion for excellence and victory. I mean, what a lesson as we listen to this man wrestle with this as a Christian. And I think the final thing that really came through for me was his faithfulness. Always aware of God, like so many of us, don't you think? Whether you believe Christ or not, just this awareness that God is real, but an awareness that for him becomes consolidated in adversity, in a children's home, for being a bad lad at 13, prayer of despair, through to a mature adult belief in Jesus Christ. When he captained Swansea in that terrible incident at the Cardiff Arms Park, having spent his time that morning talking to God, reading the Bible. Real faithfulness, isn't it? Through a whole sports career at the highest level as he walks that balance of being a top-level player and a follower of Jesus Christ. Oh, he's different, isn't he? I mean, he's different. So far in the series, we've had very different individuals, but they have one common thing. Now, it's not their sport. It's not their background. It's not where they grew up. It is that they are Christians in sport. I love it. Brilliant. I hope you enjoyed that chat with Garen. We have loads more Rugby World Cup content appearing on our website and social media this month. We'll be back with another podcast soon as well. 
but for now make sure you've subscribed to our podcast you'll hear it then when we have another one out make sure you followed us on any social media you use you can find us all our resources all our articles all our blogs all our podcasts helping sports people connect their sports and faith i hope you've had a great day uh, see you again soon bye-bye